Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 276. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games of the Tokyo Game Show variety. It's a Tokyo Game Show onslaught week this week. It's going to be all Tokyo Game Show news for the most part. <laughs> um, so so look forward to that. Um, and, and saying that, though, I don't want to make you think that, like, oh, we're just going to touch on the biggest news stories. I think if you listen to this podcast, you know what what's valuable for us here is not necessarily valuable that like the same level of value that would be things talked on the other show so you know nintendo direct and the state of play are kind of the two big things that that happened and there's some big announcements in there like you know breath of the wild two or tears of the kingdom or something like that getting a a name and release date like uh, we don't really have to talk about that here um there are some bigger titles i will talk about if i feel like i have something to say about so i will do that so we might touch on some of these things um but largely i want to focus on things relevant to us and and more obscure stuff if i found like there's something worth worth talking about as well so anyways but before we get into tokyo game show stuff here i just want to touch on one thing from last week um guns on darkness this is that persona uh composer's uh new independent game that is like a kind of cover-based rpg um that game met its kickstarter goal so i think i made a misspoke last week it was three hundred thousand dollars is what i think i said last week it's actually thirty thousand dollars so they reached the thirty thousand dollar goal and last i checked it was at like double of that so like sixty thousand and they basically said we're gonna use this to improve the visuals and the motion capture and stuff like that so um i don't think they're too doing anything too ambitious with kickstarter it's i think they're aiming to do very specific things the money they get so um they are trying to reach a stretch goal of um basically porting the game to other consoles um so it's only on pc right now i believe so you know hopefully it works out i i'm interested in that game i don't usually um donate to kickstarters i thought about this one because they're giving away beta test access and i'm i'm kind of interested but reality is is i probably shouldn't waste my time on that and just wait for the final game um shinmu 3 was the only game i i used to say that i would kickstart and then when kickstarter happened the shinmu 3 kickstarter happened i never actually kickstarted it um for various reasons i have complex feelings about kickstarter i think but uh you know that's that's not Tokyo Game Show talk though. So let's get into that Tokyo Game Show talk. Um, as I mentioned earlier, direct and state of play are kind of the two biggest uh, story points here. But instead of uh, you know focusing on one or the other, uh, we're really going to get into probably um, you know genre specific stuff, uh, company specific stuff, kind of break up things in that that order. Um, although I think it's worth mentioning that the Nintendo Direct and the State of Play were like two very different types of shows, which I kind of appreciate. Like the Nintendo one is just like shotgun blast, thirty billion little tiny games all over the place and then like you know they they have their big you know Pikmin 4 announcement and Tears of the the Kingdom or whatever it's called so that that's really cool um but but I m- mostly like that they kind of gave time to all these smaller games it's really interesting watching the Japanese direct because because there are so many games like it, it's you get to see what they like draw attention to for the Japanese direct versus the US direct and there's also some games on that that uh Japanese direct that did not show up in the US direct um like the uh Ultraman uh Kaiju Monster Rancher game um I think it's like a Square Enix RPG we're going to talk about in here as well um some other stuff um you'll you'll know why when we get there why it probably didn't show up in the u.s direct but it was interesting to see that that difference i mean it's always there's always a difference between directs but th- this is probably the one that in my opinion feels the most um distant from each other but again 
largely made up the same content. And a lot of times, even if something didn't show up in the U.S. Direct, it was still something that was relevant for the U.S. market. Like the Japanese Direct had like a Persona 5 release date announcement thing, I think. But the U.S. one didn't, which I was very surprised that they didn't really touch on that. At least nothing that I saw. Maybe it showed up for like a second and I missed it. So... Anyways, um, but to start, before we get into companies and genres and stuff like that that I think are worth talking about, I have this section here just called Random Switch Games That Don't Fit Anywhere. <laughs> um, so let's talk about a few random Switch games here. Um, one is I'm very excited for, and I, I did not know that I wanted, but now that like it's a real thing, I do really want it. Um, I believe the game was called Rose and Camellia, and this is like a Flash game that was on, a, I think it's like maybe around 2010 or something like that. And basically it was like a game where you'd use the mouse, you click the corner of the screen, I think, and then you'd swipe it up and it would slap the other characters. So like this Victorian slapping game or something where two characters are slapping each other. Um, and so they're bringing that to the Switch. And I was like, I, this is something I did not know that I wanted. But, you know, the fact that you use the Joy-Con to swipe and slap people, um, I think is really exciting. So I'm really looking forward to that. They didn't have a release date as far as I could tell. Um, I was looking at the Nintendo Everything article for this. And they did not say if it's going to come to the West yet. Although apparently there is a mobile um, a version of it that came out in the West as well. So, But it was a different publisher. It's not Playism. So I, I get the feeling this will come over. But even if it doesn't, honestly, I'm probably okay just buying this as is, importing it, and just playing it that way. But I'll definitely buy it in English if there's an English version of it. But yeah. I love games that use motion controls in interesting ways, and obviously this is tacking on top of an old Flash game, but the, the connection is just so obvious, it's kind of neat. Um, honestly, this feels like something that could have been done on, like, WiiWare or something like that, so... <laughs> Um, the second title I want to talk about is the uh, Toho Castlevania game that is coming to Switch. The first one came out, uh, I think, or I think it came out, or recently came out, or should be coming out by the end of this year. One of those two. Um, and so they announced the sequel's coming out as well as its own separate physical copy or whatever. Um, the, the, the release date's to be determined for that. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to get that first one still. I believe I heard the first one's quite a bit shorter than the second one. Um, but, you know, I think there's still, from people I've heard play it, they're still both very good games games i'll be curious if they do like a one plus two pack or something at some point as well so uh i don't know if that got like a limited run release it might have gotten one i, I can't remember but I, I would definitely appreciate like a two pack for that if, if, if the case if, if that's possible um and this one i was also very excited about although it's not anything particularly new but it's the context of which like an engine is used for that's just really cool and that is fist of the north star uh, or, or uh, what's it called in Japanese? Like Hokuto no Ken, yeah, Hokuto no Ken. Uh, fitness boxing, and this is coming out in early 2023. So if you don't know, longtime podcast listeners will know I'm actually a really big fan of fitness boxing on the uh, the Switch um, for a lot of reasons. One, I think it is just like a generally pretty good, you know, workout kind of game. Um, you know, as somebody who's not a workout expert, I just think it's a fun one. Um, and, and what really jumped out to me about that original game was the focus on characters in that game, which I, I really liked. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, but I liked that you had all these different instructors, instructors, you can dress them up and they'll have different voice actors, things like that. So I, I really liked that. And I, I never picked up, picked up the second one because I felt like I didn't spend enough time with that original game. And, and also the second one more or less looks like more of the same, but like new songs and then more, um, you know, different 
avatars that are that are part of that game essentially so doing a fist of the north star version where you're like fighting <laughs> you know uh thugs in the wild i think is like or the wasteland i think is like really really cool and like the game itself looks pretty much identical um overall but the change in aesthetic and the change of context i think is like a really cool way to present that game so i'm really excited for that i do hope there's like some interesting modes in there um but even if it is just more or less just like a slap of paint on top of what was fitness boxing i think that paint is so different from what the last game is that um it it, it makes it really exciting on its own so um this was in the u.s direct as well so it seems like it's coming over um i forget who's publishing it uh, i mean imagineer is i think the publisher of the original game well I think Nintendo published the first one in North America, so I'd be curious if they were... I need to see if they published the second game. I'd be curious if they're the ones publishing this as well, so... Anyways, not that that matters. Like, <laughs> North American publishing rights probably do not matter that much. Um, so yeah, those are just some random Switch games that did not fit anywhere else here. We're going to go into one of our favorite companies, Square Enix, because there's a lot to talk about with Square Enix. One, as I said last week to or two weeks ago at this point when we looked at the schedule, um, we have our federally mandated uh, saga check-in. Um, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song Remaster is coming out on December uh, 1st. That is something that was, um, I think, previously announced, but this is the first time they showed a release date. And I think they may have, this might be the first time they showed a trailer. Romancing Saga for the PS2 is like a really weird looking game. I think people may have not liked it at the time because of that. You know, 2005-ish was like a very different time in like what video games should look like for the mainstream and like what people are willing to accept in the West, right? Um, but it's, I think it looks really good. I need to look at like the PS2 version versus this version of the game that's like you know hd remastered i think it's coming to pc i think it's pretty much coming into everything except for xbox if i recall correctly but i don't remember 100 sure on that but it is on multiple platforms i know that um but yeah i just i think it upscaled really nice and it looks really good um so yeah i i personally still have not played a saga game so at some point, I will play a Saga game, but uh, I just thought I would mention that because I, I promised that if there was a Saga update, we would bring it in. Uh, here's one of those games that showed up on the Japanese Nintendo Direct, but did not show up in the US Direct, and you can probably tell why, because it is like a very Otome JRPG called uh, Elements of Emotion, and basically, it, it seems like it's a pretty straightforward game. There's like on the left side, there's like the the kind of a static portrait hand-drawn art which looks very good and then on the right side of the screen there's all the the boy's eyes lined up and then you basically select actions to attack and things like that they didn't show much gameplay in the trailer at the very least i don't know if there's other gameplay floating out there um but the animations um or actually i don't think there are any animations in battle that they showed so i'm really curious if there are significant animations or if it's more like a first person rpg where like you know basically if you slice like it just shows a slice that happens on screen uh i don't think i saw any element of like 3d models with that but um what's interesting about this game though is that it's launching on switch ios and android and i feel like it's pretty rare that we see a game that launches on all three of those platforms at once i feel like it usually is like a game comes out for ios and android and then it gets brought over to the switch so i, I thought that was like something that was like kind of unique um but yeah i mean assuming this is going to be like a free-to-play thing probably and then you know all the men after the first four you have to pay for so uh, it's got a nice look to it. I will probably never play this, and I imagine it's probably not going to get localized. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe it will get localized, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't... I feel like these bigger companies often end up ignoring these types of games. Um, I think it's only really the smaller ones that, that seem to really focus on, like, an Axis or something like that. So, that's coming out in uh, 2023 for that. 
we did get a Dr Dragon Quest Infinity Strash check-in. I've been waiting for this. You know, this game was announced in 2020. I still really like the um, arcade game, the one that was made by the style-savvy developers. Well, I like the look of it, I should say. I have not played it. If I, if I were to go to Japan today... That arcade game would be the one I would play. The, the Dragon Quest uh, Adventures of Die. I forget what the, the, it's called. Crossblade. That might be the mobile one. There are three games in this uh, Infinity or Adventures of Die uh, licensing deal. Because if you don't know, Dragon Quest, the, the Adventures of Die is like a old um, Dragon Quest manga that was ad adapted into like an anime. And then it got re re revived recently in a very like retro style aesthetic so these games kind of fit in with there but those last two games came out like in 2020 and 2021 um this game has been straggling <laughs> um so um they they said that it's going to be a worldwide release but they did not give a date yet so that's always you know promising we can get the dragon quest infinity strash game but not the dragon quest 10 offline game apparently <laughs> um it's coming out on everything but xbox but um yeah it, it looks i think pretty good overall um, I, I, I think they really cleaned up the visuals quite a bit. I mean, we haven't seen it like a ton in recent, um, years. I think they've only shown it off. I think this is the third time they showed the game off that original time they showed the game off. It looked like a very different game. I, I used to think it was an isometric game, but in going back and looking at that trailer, it, it kind of like pans the camera up and down, but it almost feels like gauntlet and like everything kind of feels like a diorama in some ways. It looked very budget though, for sure. And this looks more like a traditional third person action game. Um, I'm still kind of crossing my fingers and hoping it's multiplayer though. There are at least four characters in that trailer that they show in combat and um, they seem to be fighting alongside you. So if there is any multiplayer content, I'd be really happy for that. Um, however, I know this game has been struggling along. So unfortunately, I, I would not be surprised if something like that got cut for time or something like that. So we'll see. They haven't said anything or they haven't showed any kind of thing that seemed to imply that the multiplayer would be a thing yet. So, but I'm just personal, personal Dragon Quest Infinity Strash fan fiction over here. Multiplayer. So... Um, this is not really a Square Enix announcement, although it, it might be like my favorite announcement of the show. It is technically an announcement, but it wasn't like Square Enix was on stage showing this off. Babylon's fault. It, it had a rough go. It had a rough start, right? It came out. People were angry. I question the anger of those people as somebody who enjoyed Chocobo GP, despite what everyone was saying. And I don't really fully agree with people's arguments about that game. I, I think there are, there are situations where that argument can be valid, but um, the way that people talk about Choco GP is very disconnected from what that game actually is in a lot of ways. It is a it is a perspective problem, I think, more than it is a content problem. Um, and in playing Babylon's Fall, this game, you know, got people were really upset because like a sixty dollars video game with microtransactions and a battle pass, which honestly Call of Duty does. Although my friend pointed out that like, oh, but Call of Duty has offline content. I was like, ah, that's true. But then there's like Black Ops Four, and that didn't have offline content. So like, there's even been I think situations with Call of Duty where there there is just like sixty dollars video game microtransactions. Also, please battle pass us. <laughs> Not that like Activision is like the most like revered developer, but there's situations like this happened before anyways i played the demo for that game loved it um well maybe not loved it i liked it a lot i enjoyed it quite a bit it's like four hours i put into it and i was at the point that i was like i would love to play through this video game if this game was a defined set of content right you release the video game start finish kind of thing and them shutting the game down in february they're saying no more content <laughs> 
<laughs> so, and it's been out so short a time. It's not like I'm like, oh, I got to catch up on five years worth of content. It is a very small window. So I would be expect the story more or less is you know not super satisfying in how it ends. I could be wrong, but I expect that you'll get like the initial plot summary. They're going to introduce stuff and then that stuff's not going to get, you know, wrapped up kind of thing. But I, this is like, oh, wait, this is now a video game I can play through and just like wrap up and be done. So I'm going to play through Babylon's Fall. I actually ordered a copy. I think it should arrive today, honestly, when I'm recording this. Um, and we're going to play through Babylon's Fall. <laughs> we're, me. Um, but, you know, you're you're on this journey of my life with me, I guess. So uh, I'm very excited for for this. Uh, this is a, like the biggest announcement for me. And I'm like, oh, I finally have mental permission for myself to play this video game. So I'm really crossing my fingers that I'm able to set the time aside to make that work. And I think I will really try hard to make that work, honestly. Um, for I looked at it on how long to beat. It was like 15 to 20 hours for the main story. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how accurate that is or what that really includes includes right um but i think as long as i can get through that main story initially i'll be happy i would love to see more content beyond that though so we'll see i'm very excited though i really enjoyed that demo from what i played so i i i i personally think it's one of those situations where the perspective of people messed up what that game was i don't think it's an amazing game don't get me wrong there are problems with that game like specifically from a like if you look at it from like a platinum game perspective but as an action rpg i thought it was like I thought it was fine to good is like that kind of range. And it was fine to good in interesting ways. That's what's important to me, right? Like uh, sometimes you need a quiet man to come out from your company and like nobody wants the quiet man, but you need that video game. And Babylon's Fall is no quiet man. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a quiet man sympathizer, but Babylon's Fall is no quiet man. Um, but it tried to do stuff in like weird, interesting ways that failed, even like in a visual department where they had to change all the graphics before they released or change the graphics like effects before release. But, you know, I, I think this game is a good, a, a, a game that I'm going to enjoy. You know, I think four hours is enough time to sit there and be like, this looks like a pretty, pretty good video game. So anyways, I'm going to be playing that. Unfortunately, they've delisted it from a lot of storefronts. So I bought a physical PS4 copy. It was not as cheap as I'd like it to be, but I did buy a new copy instead of a used copy. Um, so, but digitally they, they removed it from steam later that day that they announced it. So rest in peace. Although I would be surprised if you like, like if you wanted to get it on steam, I'm not saying this works, but if you go to like, say one of those shady sites, like green man gaming or whatever, you might be able to get like a key from there and like still register it on steam. If you are really interested with the PC version, although you could also see if you could pirate it or something, but I don't know what the current like state of pirating PC games is like. So I don't know. Don't ask me those questions. I don't really think about it. I'm very excited about that. So um, I know it's like a sad thing to be like, this game is shutting down. So I'm excited. But like, I think it's just it's more representative of my life and being like, I cannot stick with your game. That's going to go on forever. I just started up Fancy Star Online New Genesis. And I'm like, when do I stop? Like, like what, what is my goal here? And I do not have a goal because there's no like necessarily end to that game. So I'm just like, I, I, I kind of don't have a ton of motivation to push for, through it in some ways. So we'll see. I'm giving it a go. We'll find out if it happens. I, I have a feeling I'll fall off at some point, but that's just my me knowing how I previously have handled these situations with games like Final Fantasy 14. So Various Day Life is coming back. I was not aware that this game disappeared. So if you don't know, Various Day Life was this game that um, is in the Bravely Default kind of style, of at least aesthetically. And I think it kind of falls within that universe. I don't know the Bravely Default lore, but you know, there are connections, I believe. And uh, this was a mobile game that came out on Apple Arcade exclusively. Um, apparently, I think it was like one or two years ago, 
uh, that game, maybe just like it last year, maybe earlier this year. I don't remember the day, but anyways, doesn't really matter when that game apparently just got delisted from Apple Arcade. And like, as far as I can tell, you cannot play that game anymore. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see it resurface on the, uh, the, the switch. And I think it might also be coming to PS4 later as well. Um, so that was really fascinating. It was kind of interesting to see because like, um, I was like, well, there's that other game that came out, Little Noah. This is not Square Enix, it's Cyber Connect, I believe, or not Cyber Connect. Who's that company? Grand Blue People? I don't know. They put out a game called Little Noah for mobile years and years ago. And then they like randomly put out Little Noah on like PS4 and Switch as well. But it's like a completely different game in that situation. Um, so in this case, though, I went and looked at the gameplay side by side and they look almost identical. So this looks like just a true port of that game. And they're just trying to find a home for it. So um, that's kind of interesting. I kind of like this idea of like, hey, this mobile game shut down. Let's move it over to another console and try it out there. So um, I'm happy to see it back. I'm not going to play it because, again, live video games. I, I assume it's still a live game. I have to go back and check but it, it looks like an idle game kind of thing right you just kind of have these characters that are moving side to side and they fight in the environment that's like this is my impression from skimming through it I actually did go to a um uh octopath traveler uh cafe when i was in japan and they gave me like various day life like stickers like that i'm like all right <laughs> but uh, that was like 2019 or something like that so that's when that game originally came out so it did not survive that long on apple store honestly oh, 2019 was like three years ago maybe this long i don't know it was interesting to see it show back up, though. And, and, like, I got to learn that, hey, that game has been delisted. Um, so hopefully this game sticks around longer. Hopefully it has some kind of offline support so you can keep playing it even if it gets shut down. But we'll see. Uh, last kind of, like, iOS mobile discussion here for Square Enix. First Soldier, Final Fantasy VII. I know I mentioned this before. It was not on the schedule at all, so I did not expect much. If anything, I thought it not being on the schedule was like maybe a good sign that like things are not going so well for that game. Um, however, they did show like a 10 second trailer. Um, unfortunately, there's no PC version of that game still, as far as I can tell. So it is still just the iOS and Android version. I did go to their website. They're on season four of that game now. So, um, you know, they at least represent it in some way. Um, but I, yeah, I'd be curious to see how long, much longer that game goes. I'm really, I really enjoyed that game. And I think if it was on PC, I would be, be willing to go back and play it a lot more, especially because they've added new maps and things like that. But I think just like the whole mobile setup is just a kind of a pain. Admittedly, this is my own fault for like shoving this into like a capture card and stuff like that and trying to play on like a, a monitor with a controller, right? If I was playing it, like probably most people just using the touchscreen on a phone, it probably wouldn't be like, it'd be pop it open and just play rather than be like, okay, I gotta like take this cable, plug this in here and then, you know, get a Bluetooth controller with AA batteries and tr connect it and stuff like that, so. And I don't know if this was part of the Tokyo Game Show announcement. I think they may have been show selling some merchandise um, possibly related to it. Um, but Square Enix did take the time to give a Final Fantasy X Kabuki update. If you didn't know about this, Square Enix is doing a Final Fantasy X Kabuki show um, in March next year. Uh, I'm very interested in this show. But um, they gave some new details. Basically, that's going to be like kind of a 360 degree show. Although when they showed their like little mock-up of the stadium, it looked more like a 180 to me. But, you know... You can only show so much of a 360-degree stadium in a picture, right? So maybe maybe it goes all the way around, and I don't really know what that looks like, if the chairs shift or what. But um, And it, uh, basically, yeah, it, is a, it showed off kind of that, that, that stage show mock-up, and it's very, like, I don't remember what that town's called. At the beginning of Final Fantasy X where he's playing Blitzball, 
they have that kind of like town set up. So um, it looks kind of neat. Um, I am still, if I, I don't think I will be able to go and see it, but I, I, if I do somehow end up in Japan in the time frame of March and April, um, I probably will make an effort. Um, it is pretty pricey though. Um, basically there's two, like, I don't know how Kabuki shows work, to be honest with you. I was looking into this. I wanted to go to a Kabuki show when I was in Japan, did not end up doing it, but there's like segments of Kabuki shows that they sell. So I think the intention is like, they're very long shows. So if you only want to sh- see part one initially, then come back and see part two later, you can buy like separate tickets for different parts. So they have single tickets, which are between, um, um, 11,000 yen and 18,000 yen. So probably like, you know, around a hundred bucks to like 150 bucks. If we look at the, um, right now yen conversion. However, that seems to be single part only and the variation depends on what seats you want to get basically. But you can get both parts for 19,800 yen or 32,000 uh, yen as well. So that's closer to like, you know, maybe like 180 to like $300 kind of thing. And that's for part one and part two together. So I think you save money if you get both parts at once and you stick to the whole thing. Um, but, and I think you also might also get like some bonus merchandise. I, I wasn't hundred percent sure what was going on there. You know, unfortunately we're machine translating this, not seeing a lot of like, you know, Kabuki English information for Final Fantasy X out there. Um, but I'm actually very excited for this. I really hope if they don't, or if I don't get to see it, they give, do some kind of like, uh, release or at least like post a clip online i'm really curious to see what that looks like um i don't know anything about kabuki i just know more traditional kabuki most of what i know about kabuki comes from the video game kabuki warriors for the xbox so you know not exactly a kabuki expert here (laughs) so but um i i think it would be something i would be really interested in seeing um and and the fact that it is final fantasy 10 might make it a little easier to follow although the kabuki shows i was looking into it seemed like they give you like a little pad that would give you like subtitles or something like that for it so and that's the end of the square enix onslaught let's take a little break a little breather let's go into the patreon segment hey did you know for patreon you can get bonus content for five dollars on the patreon five dollars a month you can get stuff like kaminazo playthroughs or you can also have like uh, I don't know what happened more recently. Um, <laughs> article readings. There we go. There's like some no more heroes ones coming up here soon. Um, I did just get. I think I mentioned last week. I bought a little PVM. I'm sure I'll record something and post something like that on the the Patreon at some point. Um, I, I'll have to see when it falls on the timeline of things. I'm trying to plan further ahead, so it's it's it, it it's not clear when this stuff comes out at times until I look. I'm like, oh, this is coming up next week. So, but Kaminazo playthrough and then article ratings are definitely in the future here. And then if you want something that's a little more like hands on, I had the buddy mission bun, cups unboxing, things like that. Um, so the five dollar level you can get. Um, we have Henry Dagger who who is contributing. We have Paul Daniel, uh, Jillian, and um, Discreet all contributing. As I mentioned earlier, I'm currently working on things to try to better credit you guys. I don't know quite 100% sure where it's going to go. It's kind of a problem where like I'm planning ahead and exporting videos and scheduling them quite a bit ahead of time. So there might be a delay when certain people show up in the Patreon. So I just try to figure out what that looks like and the best way to do it in a a way to make it like kind of fun, right? I don't want to just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I got to be careful because I don't want to make it like too intense of a workload to work on. And then, you know, I also have to be careful. Like if it ever gets bigger, it might be troublesome to maintain. But while we only have four people, it, it's kind of it's easy to kind of play around with things right now. So so I think you'll, you'll, you'll see some of that stuff, you know, sometime before the end of the year, I believe personally. If you are part of the Patreon, though, you can also ask a Patreon question. 
uh, every Monday at 3 p.m. since uh, Pacific time. Uh, there's a post, post that goes up on the Patreon, and any time between Monday and um, probably like Friday morning, you can uh, ask a question and be able to. And I'll go ahead and answer that question on the show. Um, Jillian asked asked her question this week, which is, "What video game enemies?" hold a special place in your heart. And I think there's like two different ways you can look at this, right? There are like story-based enemies, like villains and stuff like, right? You have that. And then also there's like the more traditional enemy of like, I walked across the screen and a Goomba's there and I love the Goomba kind of thing, right? Um, so I, I I would imagine this question is probably leaning more towards the Goomba versus, you know, uh, I don't know, who's a bad guy? Um, Caius from Final Fantasy 13 too. Goomba and Caius. They're they're right alongside each other. <laughs> um, anyways, but I'm gonna answer both of them and I have a handful of examples here. Um, one more of the story side of things, Disaster Day of Crisis, uh, the Surge team or Storm team if you're playing the Japanese version of the game. Um, and it is, uh, they're a bunch of like military people that I don't, I think they have like PTSD to some degree. They are like fighting for the US in like some random like place. Um, trying to overthrow the government, probably like some fairly, you know, serious military story. But I believe the whole thing is like, oh, there's like a volcano that exploded on them. And the U.S. government was like, sorry, guys, we're going to cover up this incident rather than help you kind of thing. Um, anyways, but these guys, though, they're all very um, quippy in a way that I really like. And so you have people like, oh, man, I wish I could remember the names. I may I mainly remember Evan's name because he's kind of the big uh, guy, Major Evans. But. Anyways, there's the guy that you fight on the boat, uh, or not the boat, sorry, the, um, the the bridge. I like him a lot. He's just kind of this country-talking guy, um, and he, <laughs> there's this scene where, like, the tsunami's coming, and then, like, in the middle of fighting, he just points off the bridge and goes, look at that, <laughs> and then Ray looks over there, and, and he, like, puts his gun away, and he, like, goes on this whole, whole thing, but I just love how he's like, look at that, <laughs> um, I, in my Disaster Day of Crisis, um, voice acting comparison video, uh, I actually show a lot of their dialogue off. So if you are interested in what happens with that, uh, I would recommend that. I love the helicopter guy who in the, the US, or the, sorry, the European version of the game, not the US version. He he feels a lot more extreme in his delivery. He straps himself with the bomb and he's like, just like, immediately there's like waves crashing down and Ray like across the street from him. So he's like screaming. He's like, look at this. This is the bomb. If you show me, boom. <laughs> like... I, I don't know. I like those characters a lot. Um, let's see. We think a more like traditional enemy. We got the maids who like vacuum you up. And like, I think it's Portrait of Ruin, Castlevania. Castlevania Portrait of Ruin. Um, I believe you're playing Charlotte. Um, they'll like move their little vacuum forward and like catch it up in your skirt and you like get st stunned or whatever. I don't know if the same thing happens with Jonathan. I think he has a cape. So I think it happens to his cape. But I remember particularly with Charlotte for that. Um, so I like that. Uh, there's the Chigos in Final Fantasy XI. I don't know if that's their real name. They, they might just like be called fleas from like a family perspective kind of thing. But the ones I remember most distinctly was Chigos. And those are in, um, it's like the area right outside our Ergon. Um, something thickets, maybe Buffalo thickets or something like that. I don't know the name of the area. But they're really interesting because, um, you know, in Final Fantasy XI, like most MMOs, every enemy has like a name tag on them, right? And so when you use the targeting system in that game, you can target enemies from like a certain distance. You can target basically anything that's interactable. But the Chigos or Fleas were very specifically built to um, not be targetable when they are not interacting with you. 
So when they're when you're walking around, they're just these little dots that like bounce up and down. And you know, <laughs> being an MMO, like all these things have different levels and stuff. So sometimes you're just like running through and you're like hiding from all these like high level like snake ladies, Lamayas or something like that. And then all of a sudden a little flea comes over and just starts like knacking at you and like <laughs> and it like turns off all your like like hiding skills. So if you're like were invisible or you like had your your footsteps silenced and things like that, all that turns off and the flea is just like all over you. And then all the Lamaya around you're like, holy crap, I'm going to murder you. So I like them a lot. Uh, more story based. I like the Metroid Prime Hunters, uh Bounty Hunters. So this is that DS Metroid Prime game. I like like personally, I just think the kind of bounty hunter aspect of Metroid Prime Hunters is like the thing that really caught my eye with that game. And I think is what I still want more out of when it comes to the Metroid Prime games. Honestly, I like feeling like you have these other entities kind of moving around the world and doing things. It's not very well realized in Metroid Prime Hunters for the DS, but I like the concept a lot overall. And, and, and I think if there if there were... I don't know, like, like it, it, I think it is like randomized to some extent, but I always felt just kind of like unnatural in how they just kind of drop it on you kind of thing. But, you know, it's one of those things that with video games, you just kind of have to like, you know, convince people that it's that it's happening, not so much that you need it to be happening. So I think if it was more a feeling of they were wandering about and then you kind of engage with each other, maybe maybe like you could run into them, like moving around the area instead of them immediately engaging with you as soon as they find you kind of thing. So maybe or like when you enter a room, you it would like not just immediately cue combat, maybe just like sell that vision more, I think. So personally, Metro Prime Hunters 2, when, it, when is it coming, boys? When's it coming? You boys over there, Retro Studios, what you making? What you making over there? <laughs> um, and then the last one I want to talk about is um, probably more of a story thing, but they're not like a villain kind of thing. Um, Team Innocent for the PCFX. There are these things called dream flies, I believe. Um, you're going to like, okay, they look like flies. No, they do not look like flies. These are, <laughs> these are chickens who inflate and they're giant orb chickens and i think the idea is that like they inflate with your memories and so they end up creating alternate holographic versions of people in some ways so like you come across like and sorry there's gonna be some team innocent spoilers in here but you like come across um like a uh this is the last one so if you just want to skip past the rest of this patreon segment you can do that um but anyway so they they they, they you come across them and like there's a child version of saki on the floor and you can't see the dream fly initially you have to like get something so you can actually see them um but you're like interacting with yourself as a kid and stuff and then eventually you end up in a situation where you're like um talking to your dad or something and and your dad is kind of the antagonist of that game and um so he you're having this conversation with them and then in the middle of the conversation, your like operator comes in over the line and they're like, whoa, hold up. That's not your dad. That's a dream fly. And the camera turns. Well, it's not, it's a pre-rendered game. So the camera doesn't really turn. It changes where it's pointing. So like it's, it's your dad and Saki sitting there and the camera focuses in and like a fairly serious discussion that's happening here. And it focuses in and there's just this giant inflated chicken and it's like a bigger re reveal. And there's this like theme that plays like, bah, 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 like a shocking thing that plays. It's this big round chicken with bulging eyes. <laughs> so it's just this really bizarre thing. So anyways, there's an onslaught of uh, different types of enemies and villains and stuff and games that I like. So again, thank you for the Patreon stuff. Again, only $5 a month jo to join in on that. 
Um, I will be trying to get you guys represented on the channel a little bit more in different ways. Uh, I'm not sure 100% sure where that's going to go, but the podcast for sure, we're going to have a little extra, I believe. And then um, I'd like to represent you guys on stream a little bit, maybe, although I know none of you guys really tune in for the stream. Um, and then also uh, uh, maybe on videos as well, hopefully. Again, I just have to kind of figure out how that I plan that out ahead of time. So, All right, we had our fun little Patreon break. How about golf? You guys like golf? There are two golf stories this week. Um, I have not played any golf games anytime recently. I still have Super Swing Golf on the Wii, although I still call it Ponya Golf all the time because I'm a dummy. Um, but it's Super Swing Golf on the Wii. Um, and I still need to play that, and I have not done that. So <laughs> that is that is my current golf situation. Um, but there are two golf announcements during this. One, pretty standard stuff. The Nintendo Switch sports game, they're adding in golf. They delayed, uh, it's like it's like DLC for the game, although I think it's a free update. Um, and they originally were going to push it out earlier, but they're saying they pushed it back to holiday 2022. I, I need to go back and look. I thought that they said there were going to be new holes in this game, but in looking at the trailer, they say includes all Wii Sports golf holes or whatever it's called, which is the NES game, like NES golf uh, holes. But they didn't like say anything else. It just says includes this. So it makes me wonder if we're yet again on the same golf courses with new Nintendo Switch Golf. So I hope they add new stuff because, look, I like Wii Sports Golf. But and admittedly, if you did not tell me that, I probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> but like, make some more golf holes, man. <laughs> just make some more. I w I can't remember if um what is that game called? Uh, Wii Sports Resort. I wonder if that had like new holes. I think it does have a golf game in there. So, anyways, there's other golf games I can check out if I end up, like, being weirdly annoyed by that. But I, I haven't picked up Nintendo Switch Sports yet myself, honestly. And I, I don't know if I'm going to, unfortunately. I really want to. Um, I just don't know when I'm going to fit it in. And I don't really know if there's a lot of value in me playing it and offering anything to the discussion of it. So, we'll see. Um, but probably the thing that, in my eyes, this is a big news story. I know it's not. I know it's not a big news story, but being the old man that I am, you know, it, it, it comes off to me as like, oh, wow, um, when I saw it. So there's the kind of, I don't know if you call it iconic these days, the Hotshot Golf series that uh, uh, Sony had for the PlayStation. And, and eventually they kind of lined up the names with everybody's golf, right? Um, which is the Japanese name. So they lined it up with that. Um, that series, as far as we can tell, is dead. Rest in peace. It was there since like the PlayStation 1 and it is no longer there. I forget when their last release was. I feel like there's one on the Vita and the PS4. I don't know if those are the same games or they're two separate games. But anyways, so those games came out um, and the developer, Clap Hands, they uh, had left after, uh, I, I guess they never, I don't think they were necessarily ever a part of Sony. I think they were always like an external developer, but they uh, went to make their own mobile game. Uh, and I think the US version of that game was called Clap Hands Golf on um, iOS and Android. However, they are now porting that game to Nintendo Switch, and it's called Easy Come, Easy Golf, and it's coming out in English and Japanese. Actually, it's already out, so you can go download it now. But, like, to me, I don't know, it is maybe, like, pretty representative of, like, the whole situation with Sony of just, like, shedding all these old expectations of, the, of their team and just, like, letting it go. They're like, we're going to let this go. The entire Sony showcase was like third-person action games. <laughs> it's like, don't worry, golf, 
we don't want it here. <laughs> I mean, there are golf games on, on the P- PS5, I'm sure, or PS4 at least, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it just is kind of this weird, like almost like Sonic on Nintendo moment for me, even though I know it's not that important and they've been on mobile for a while. But to me, it just was like, wow, it happened. So anyways, golf games. I would, if I did, if I was, if I had played through easy or uh, super swing golf, I probably would have checked this game out on switch but again it's a mobile game so i don't really know what the structure that looks like so i'm hoping it's like it's like a 20 bucks download i think so i'm hoping that the 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 content itself would be um good enough on its own kind of thing sega speaking of companies that decided they're just going to rename their franchise to the japanese version uh yakuza apparently is no more (laughs) um so they have renamed the franchise to like a dragon which is what the japanese name i think has always been um like ryu got to know whatever i don't know what it's called it's one of those weird things that like because it was just like a japanese name like i think it's less noticeable that it's like different you know it's not like you know in in japan you know final fantasy is called you know pete story or something and then so they're like oh we're on final fantasy 10 now we're doing Pete Story 11 or something like that. It's just like this kind of, you know, if you don't know Japanese, it's just kind of a mess of noises. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Yakuza game. So I think it's just one of those things I never really thought about. And so it makes sense that they're bringing in a line. They're calling it Like a Dragon now, you know, because I don't know. I don't think all these games involve Yakuza. I mean, most of them do. Um, let's talk about the one that I don't know. I don't know when the Yakuza started, I guess is maybe my answer. And, and leading into that, they are announcing that, uh, like a dragon Ishin, I almost said Yakuza Ishin, uh, the feudal Japan kind of, I, I call all Japan feudal Japan, I will say, my in my ignorance, but just that style of Japan. They're doing that kind of like old-timey Japan uh, style. I don't know if Yakuza existed back then or what in any form, um, but, you know, uh, I this is a PS3 game that came out, I think maybe before Yakuza 3, I can't remember, um, but I was always uh, really interested in this game. And I think today I may be even more interested, largely because I've played Yakuza 1 and Yakuza 2 and Yakuza 3, 1 through 3. Um, and I just don't think I care that much about Camarocho anymore. I am just like, I've been through the city three times. Um, and, and I think one of the most <laughs> disappointing parts of Yakuza 3 was like when you go to Camarocho. I'm like, I want to stay in Okinawa, man. Um, which you can go back and forth, right? But but like the story going to Camarocho is just like, eh. I, I kind of just want Yakuza, I think, to move on to a different city. I don't know how much that happens in Yakuza 4 and beyond. I would guess probably not much. Um, so I could be wrong. But anyway, so I, I think technically this is still the same area, but, you know, it's a very different time period. So I'm very excited about this. This will probably be the next Yakuza game I play. Um, uh, Yakuza 4 and 5 I do have on that PlayStation collection, but I just don't have a lot of enthusiasm to play them. So, anyways, this is coming out in February. Um, it is PS4 and PS5 only, um, in this case. It's from, uh, for, well, actually, no. Maybe it's not. I don't know, actually. I say that, but it's, it's, it's that the whole marketing thing. If we show this at the state of play and we only showed PS4 and PS5. So it might be on other consoles. Let me not speak out of turn there. These other Yakuza games are on consoles, I will say, that we're going to talk about. More Yakuza games, though. Uh, they also, or sorry, Like a Dragon games. Um, they announced two more Like a Dragon games after that as well. Uh, like a Dragon Gaiden, which is a spinoff focusing on Kiru, the main character, Kazuma Kiru, from the Yakuza games. After six, they said they retired him, essentially. And then in seven, they had the new guy. I don't know his name, but he, he, people seem to like him, at least. 
And so to me, it's a little disappointing to see them bring Kiru back in the fold. Um, the reason they're making this Gaiden game is to basically fill in the gaps between what happened in Yakuza 6 and then what will be happening in Like a Dragon 8, <laughs> um, the game they also announced, which includes the main character from Yakuza, Like a Dragon 7. I guess technically they're still Yakuza 7 in Japan in the u.s right now but anyways includes the character from seven and it also includes kiru as a character as well so it's doing a dual buddy buddy situation although kiru has like a different hairstyle uh the impression i get is like kiru's trying to hide from his crime life which i feel like the entire story of yakuza after yakuza one is like kiru just wants to live a normal life but then crime found him once again kind of thing so so yeah i don't know how interested i am in these games to be honest with you but ishin 100%. I will definitely check that out. I do want to check out Dead Souls, I think is what it's called. The 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 shooter one at some point. That's expensive though. So at this point, I think I probably would have to just pirate it. Or maybe get, like, if the Japanese copy is cheaper, I might just import a Japanese copy and then you know load up a image of the, the US version on the PS3. I've not hacked my PS3 at this point, so it may be something I do eventually. Or if they re-release it, that'd be great. I just don't know if there's like a lot of um you know want for that game so so yeah uh they also announced that judgments uh the the yakuza like a dragon spinoff um is getting a pc port um or they actually already came out on pc uh, this included one and two i was not aware judgment two came out already i don't think i'm not sure if i knew that or not but anyways yeah that's kind of weird so there's this giant list of like a dragon games coming out um i felt a little bad because um just like Earlier that week, I was making fun of Ubisoft because they had an Assassin's Creed show and they showed off like five Assassin's Creed games and like they showed off their list. It's just a giant list of Assassin's Creed games like, oh, this is this is this. And admittedly, these games are all different things. It's like one is like, I think the final DLC for the recent game. Then they have like the like one set in I don't know where it is, somewhere in the Middle East. And then they have like a Japan focused one that they announced and then also like a mobile one focused in China and like another one that they announced as well. It's just whole long range of Assassin's Creed logos. And I was just like, dang, they lean into the Assassin's Creed, aren't they? And Sega's just like, please, we're like a dragon all day long. <laughs> so I don't know if Sega announced anything else, honestly, at the show. So, but it has a lot of like a dragons. Um, very excited for Ishin. The rest of those games I probably will never play in my lifetime unfortunately i think i think i'm getting to the point that like what will probably happen with the mainline yakuza series i will play four and then how i go forward will probably be dependent on what happens in four that is probably what's going to happen if i do not care for four i will really need to be sold on yakuza five to keep pushing through that series so we'll see though uh konami time guess what konami we, there's a few different things here. I did not put the actual thing that was announced on this list. I'm just realizing. So we got four things though. I only listed three things, but maybe kind of very me. Uh, the, the most probably relevant thing to most people was I did not list here. Um, Konami also doing a remake of Suikoden 1 and 2. Um, and it's going to be kind of like the Final Fantasy or Square Enix kind of like, I don't know, HD 2D art style or whatever they call it. Um, it definitely does not have quite the pop as a Square Enix game, but they did a lot with the visuals and things like that that make it look um, um, pretty clean overall. Uh, I, I seen people seem to be excited about this. So like I personally was like, oh, OK, that seems like a reasonable announcement. Um, but other people seem really excited. So I'm glad for Suikoden fans that they are really into it. I think the only thing that would get me on board with this game is so I've played through 
Suikoden 1. I played it on PlayStation 1 Classics or whatever. Um, and so my save file for Suikoden 1 with all the, um, whatever, 108 stars of the sky, whatever they're called, that you can transfer into the second game are on that. So uh, for me, if I play Suikoden 2, I'm going to go where that save file is and just play normal normal Suikoden 2 <laughs> PS1 Classic Edition, right? Um, but if they do something where like you can just like auto turn on like a save file for this version of Suikoden 2, that's like, yeah, you did all the stuff in Suikoden 1, um, I might jump into it that way. That would be something that I think would sell me on this. But personally, I haven't had any real plans to get back into Suikoden. Um, but you know, Cool, and then, you know, there's also that other, like, Kickstarter game that's in the Suikoden style that's coming up, the Spiritual Successor, so Suikoden fans are probably eating better than they ever have in their life <laughs> right now, <laughs> so congratulations to you. Uh, more relevant to our show, Bomberman P- or Bomber Girl, sorry, Bomber Girl for the PC goes free to play. I will say I was trying to parse this document, or document, uh, press release um, using machine translation. I wasn't quite sure what was going on here, but it seems like basically it's free to play and then there's like microtransactions to buy stuff now. Um, it does seem to still connect to the arcade version. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm not really sure how that works because I imagine in arcade you're still playing per play. So I, I wonder how that changes the dy- dynamics. Although, you know, if only through Sega's, you know, arcade woes, um, maybe this is just them de-emphasizing the arcade in some way, and like we don't really care that much of how this goes. I mean, Bobber Girl is a long time arcade game at this point, right? So I don't know what kind of traffic it's bringing in really anymore. So, anyways, that's pretty cool. I don't know the situation with like using a VPN to play Bomber Girl right now, or you know if there's any kind of limitations. So at some point, I probably should check that out, especially that it's free to play now. So. Thank you, Konami, for that. Konami also announced this, although I think it was a maybe a different publisher. So I think it's just announced like Konami's stage show, but maybe not necessarily a Konami thing. Uh, Yobari Detective Miasma Breaker. Actually, I think Konami was listed on their website as well. So I think they are some involved in some way. Um, this is a very like modern day looking Pocky and Rocky game. Um, it features like a detective. I thought she was like an office lady at first, but it's a detective lady. And uh, she goes around and has like magic hands kind of thing that she shoots. Um, and it's like kind of like a side view kind of thing. So so it is at like an angle. Uh, it's currently Switch only as far as I can tell. But it has a really nice look to it. Um, I, I don't know if I'll be particularly picking this game up, but I thought it looked really nice overall. And I would be interested in maybe checking it out. I would probably be more likely to get this than the more recent Pocky Rocky, I think. Just because I do already have some other Pocky and Rocky games. Um, and I should probably play those first. That's really the answer is I should play Snow Princess Sayuki first. I've been saying that for like four years now, but you know, that's this podcast is me being like, I, I'll play Lightning Return someday. <laughs> so, uh, and the last Konami announcement here is uh, Momotetsu uh, Education Editions coming out. I just thought this was like a fun little factoid. So basically um, the are taking the Momotetsu, uh, very popular board game, uh, video game in Japan making a video game version of it for or the education version for classrooms and things like that that's like on ta- tablets and they like have shortened versions of it so you can play it within like a one period session and things like that just sounds like a cute little thing cute full of fun thing nothing really to say about that I have no idea how Momotetsu uh, plays so like I, I can't sit there and be like oh yeah they're adapting this in some interesting way but anyways I just thought I'd throw that in there so Koei Tecmo. Everything is Koei Tecmo segment. Um, there were two Koei Tecmo games that kind of st- jumped out at me, although one I'm very much more interested than the other. Um, one was shown at uh, Sony State of Play. This looks like kind of like an open world action game uh, set again in 
my quote feudal Japan. Again, I don't really know the different periods of Japan, uh, but you know that I think if I say feudal Japan, yeah, that creates an image in your mind at least. Um, it, to me, it looks more or less like you know, kind of that Assassin's Creed kind of style of game, open world action game. Even like Ghost of Tsushima, I never really had like a ton of interest in either. I know people like it a lot though. Um, so this one in particular didn't like jump out at me that much, but, um, it just still looked good, very good visually. I think it's PS5 only as well. So I think that is a true next gen game. Um, and I think Sony's name was on it, but, uh, it's a teen ninja game, I believe. However, what I'm more excited about is something that has not really been shown yet. Uh, I think it's going to be announced later this month. I think they said, uh, so EA and Koei Tecmo are teaming up for a new franchise. Um, and this new game, I don't think it has a name yet. Um, but they are calling it, quote, a hunting game. Um, what that exactly means, Japanese genres are weird, but typically a hunting game does kind of fit within like the Monster Hunter style. When I see it labeled, that doesn't necessarily mean it will be that, but that is what I see. And uh, when you look at stuff like uh, Omega Force's previous hunting games, like Tokiden, um, it does include hunting game in it. Although I think Tokiden was like called action hunting game and then i think the token into his open world hunting game <laughs> kind of thing so um but yeah i really like token a lot um so if this is more like a game in the monster hunter style uh, i'm really curious to see what it ends up being um again they said original ip so i don't think it will be token token 3 unfortunately never manifested as anything i know they were wanting to do token 3 in like a token kiwami or token 2 kiwami but um, it seems like they never were able to do it. So I'm hoping that this is some kind of competitor to Monster Hunter. I feel like Monster Hunter is really kind of, other than competing with like live games and things like that, is feels kind of uncontested right now. Um, you know, you had God Eater 3 and stuff like that, but that stuff's, you know, pretty old at this point. So um, I will be interested in seeing um, what this ends up being, and hopefully they show off some gameplay later this month. And if it is like a more traditional Monster Hunter hunting game, I will be very excited for that. That's it for our Koei Tecmo segment. Capcom, although I don't really have a ton to say about Capcom, they had like the Battle Network collection and they mentioned they're going to like implement the online features of those games in that collection, which I think is really cool that they're going to try to preserve that stuff and make it functional. Uh, I don't know how that will affect, you know, I don't know like when those collections do online modes, if they become like really dead because a bunch of people are split up between different games and things like that. So hopefully if they do do it, they can find a way to like, you know, optimize that so you can kind of like trade I think it's like trade battle chips or something like that. And maybe you can like say, I'm looking to trade these from different games and things like that, rather than just only like queuing up the trade for one game or something. Um, and then also that street fighter six had another showcase again, this street, street fighter six, we mentioned this last time, this game just looks really good overall. Um, for the more traditional fighting game perspective, I think that it's really cool. They have like these gimmicks that each old characters seem to be getting, like, uh, I think it was Blanca has like this little doll that he like juggles and throws around. And I think Ken had like some kind of like flame thing on his back or no, he's like a flame kick. I'm trying to remember what the other ones were, but each of these characters seem to have like some kind of interesting gimmick that was added in that kind of differentiates them from past games. So I think it's like a cool way to keep them how they were and keep them playable how they were, but add like an additional element on top that makes them more distinct in, in some way from their previous entries. But what probably is most interesting to me is the fact that you can basically um, use uh, the Street Fighter moves 
in the open world that they showed before to kind of navigate and like platform. So you use like a spinning, spinning bird kick to like cross a gap and things like that, or a character teleport. And like, you can, you know, do Hadoukens to break things. So um, I'm really curious about that open world segment. They do have like a creative character that they showed off this time. I think this is the first time they've shown that. Um, so uh, it looks really good at, overall. I don't know if they have a release window for this or something. I hope my schedule is like clear enough that I can check that game out. I think I am interested in checking out Street Fighter Six. I doubt I will really get into the combat of it. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, there were like some more mini game battles, which I, I kind of was expecting that with the open world thing. I think they're technically part of a different mode, but I, I a hundred percent expect that the mini game stuff is going to be implemented in the open world aspect in some way personally. So anyways, that's it for our like genre specific company specific news sweep. Uh, we have some other smaller news stories here though, to wrap up real quick. One, um, steam deck it got released in Japan, like I think last month or something. Um, and I think this is the first time they showed this off. So the company called Komodo, they're the ones actually distributing the Steam Deck deck in Japan. And um, they, they, I don't know who made it. I would assume probably Komodo, but I don't know. Um, they have like an official Steam Deck mascot now, which is like a little Steam Deck with a big head wearing like a Yukata kind of thing, a male Yukata, I don't know what it's called. Um, so, so that was like really cute and really fun. Uh, they had that up on their website at their Tokyo game show booth and things like that. And they had little keychains with his head on it. So I like those cute little like Japanese mascot kind of things. I like the OS town kind of things as well. That was like one of those things too. I think there's a video recently that like did a deep dive into those and who made them. And it, it was probably the company helping Microsoft more so than Microsoft itself who made them. Um, there's a game called Kirameki Paradise. So these are the types of games I almost always ignore. The, the dress-up fashion mobile games, you know, Love Nikki, Shining Nikki, Alice Closet, things like that. There's a bunch of them. And most of the time when I look at them, they're largely the same thing. You dress up, you get a ranking. That's, you know, how things go. Personally, I played some Love Nikki. I think it's fine. I just personally like it when you mix dress-up elements into more game loops kind of thing in a way that's more interesting that's probably why i like a token all so much and happy dance collection because they have more of an impact beyond just you know that initial fashion value um although in the case of happy dance collection there's a fashion value in that game so um anyways but point being I kind of looked at this game and almost ignored it um, because it looks like very much like a shiny Nikki. I don't even like the art style very much. It's like very kind of like super idealized, you know, characters with like these really crazy dresses and they're all super pale with giant eyes, things like that. I, I personally, just not really into the aesthetic of it. Um, and uh, but what it did do that I thought was really interesting is they introduced like a room element to it or maybe maybe even more so than a room because you could like go outside and you can walk your character around and, like go around very like sims like and customize your furniture and things like that um is that enough to get me to play this game absolutely not um but it did make me like jump out at me i was like oh here's like something you can do where you can like kind of navigate this world and do something that's just not like you know buying clothing and then using that for dress up battles and then having story segments kind of thing so I will say I'm very ignorant of those games overall. So if you're like Ben, you're, you know, demeaning Love Nikki and Shining Nikki and what they do, or if they, other games have done this before in this, this space, I'm not saying I'm an expert here, but that was the thing that caught up to me because it was the first time I've seen something like that in a game like this. So uh, that game's in the pre-registration period now. So if you do want to check it out, you can go pre-register. Again, I'll link the, I think I'll link the stream of which they showed it off at. Uh, I don't think they've announced like an English release date for it though, or English uh, support yet. So. And the last story is following up on 
our usual X68000 mini update, uh, uh, the tiny console that has not been confirmed to have anything in it, but probably has something in it, um, it being like a mini console. Um, they announced that it is the X68000Z, and they basically said there's going to be more details on October 8th, and also you can pre-order on October 8th. So, like, not telling you what it is, but you'll be able to pre-order it to rank whatever it ends up being. So, um, four gamer is still the one who seems to be majorly covered covering this. And I think they were listed as the one who is going to get the details initially, um, based off the post that I was looking at. So I get the impression that they are in, in cahoots with, uh, I think Zuiki is their name. I mean, for a long time, zuiki has been like retweeting like four gamer speculation about it. So if it, it feels more like advertorial than it does editorial kind of thing. Um, but I'm interested in what it is, and uh, if it's not crazy to pre-order, then maybe I would consider it, depending on the price. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm interested in the X68000, and I know I will never own one. So something like a mini one would be like kind of a nice way to just get it, plug it into an HDMI thing and not to worry about emulation or anything like that. Although, I, I still have been on the fence about getting a Mr. There's so many consoles that I still have not gotten that I'm like, this would be fine. Like if I, if I just was like, okay, PC Engine, no more. I do not care. We are moving on with our life. Super Nintendo, no more. Any of these consoles that could be probably fairly easily reproducible on a mister, just give up. Maybe still buy physical copies, but ultimately, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, down, putting that, putting that ROM right on that SD card and playing it this way. Uh, I am in that mind space, I think, right now, because things like the PC Engine and like the Analog Duo just do not look like they're within my grasp. And I don't know what the X68000 core looks like, um, if it would be a place that I could try to do something like that. But I would imagine somebody probably looked at it and said, yes, we should do this. I mean, it's a popular, popular Japanese PC. So there's even PC98 cores on there, I believe. So anyways, that's it for the Tokyo Game Show Onslaught. And that is the it for this show. Thank you so much for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Hey, did you know? There's a Patreon video coming up this week. Kaminazo playthrough. That's coming up this week. Part two of that. Um, so look forward to that. If you're a part of the Patreon, again, $5 to join in on that. Um, also later this week we have, or next week, sorry. Um, the Doraemon video coming up. Uh, it is going to be more like Super Mario 64 advertised. So if you see a Super Mario 64 video from me, um, I think it'll be pretty clear Doraemon is involved, but if you're like Mario, I don't like Mario. I only care about the import game Ben talks about. Um, click on that video because it is mostly about Doraemon. I'm baiting people into it. No, no I mean, I, the context of the video is very much around like Doraemon fixes a problem I have with Super Mario 64 and um, or, or 3D Mario in general, honestly. So I, I, I wanted to kind of highlight that. And I think we're trying out this thing of let's let's push forward the Mario aspect of it first and see if we can reach a larger audience that way than just people looking up Doraemon, Nobita, and the Three Fairy Spirit Stones or whatever. Nobita? Nobita. I think it's his name. I have to go back and correct in the script to say Nobita, but it's Nobita. So anyways... Um, and then, yeah, if you want to listen to this podcast through your ears, check out any kind of podcast platform. You can search for One Controller Port there. Should show up. Um, if you want to watch my face, see this little beautiful diorama background I have of a samurai about to behead some uh, wheat stalks. Um, that's having a good time. We also got the blue sun up there. For all of you Babylon's Ball fans, you guys know what's going on with the blue light from the blue sun. 
Um, so, anyways, uh, so yeah, that's back there on the YouTube channel. Again, I delist those every week after the first week. So if you need to go look at more of those, just go at the playlist that you can find on the YouTube channel. Otherwise, though, we'll be playing some more Napple Tail this week as well at Thursday at 7 p.m. And uh, yeah, having a good time there. And I hope all goes well through the rest of that playthrough. We made some good progress this week. So looking forward to more of that. Anyways, that's it. I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.